Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with another inspiring friend, leader in the sports industry, and my performance coach of 10 years. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed into this Dream On podcast you have found here. I hope you're gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people I have met through my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. We've got another really special guest this week, and I'm really pumped to get right into it. TJ Martino is a guest that I was so excited to have just in a pure sense of exploring the makings of his mindset with you all. TJ has been my performance coach for 10 years now, no exaggeration. I started training with TJ when I was a freshman in high school. We started working on the normal motions of learning how to lift in a weight room, running movement patterns, really just keeping me in shape while I played three sports in high school. Our journey goes so much deeper than where it started, however. Over the years, TJ has been not only my physical performance coach in charge of creating workout plans for me on a weekly basis, but my nutritionist, someone that has shifted the way I approach my leadership qualities, and so much more. He's one of those people that truly knows how I operate inside and out, on the field, in the weight room, why I'm failing on the field, and how to get in my head to push me to limits I've never been able to reach on my own before and keep myself striving for those kinds of limits. He's someone whose mindset needs to be shared with more of the world and less with me. He gets enough of me. Still training on a daily, six days a week, every week of the year, meeting to reach new goals, habits, and nutrition plans. I hope you can take even just a small fraction of his mindset from our conversation, because I promise he truly knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Awesome. All right, girls, we're going to get started. Thank you guys for being here as usual and for doing all that you do for KO17 Lacrosse. I hope you guys are having a great week uh, after 4th of July. I hope you all had a great 4th of July weekend with friends and family and stayed safe and saw lots of fireworks and things like that. Um, Oh, there you go. You're with your cousin. Hi, Gabby's cousin. Um, (laughs) Awesome. So I'm super excited about today. Um, I know that we have had some really successful Wednesday Wisdoms in the past, over the past couple of weeks, and you guys have all been on here. Um, And I'm very excited about today because, you know, this is someone that I've known for, I don't like to say it because it ages me, but (laughs) <laughs> 10 years now um, and counting and uh, someone that's really special to not only my lacrosse career and, you know, where the levels that I got to because of the training that I did and because of the mental check-ins that I did and all the stuff, all the behind the scenes stuff that TJ and myself did together um, that helped me on the lacrosse field, but just in so many other levels as well. You know, um, I've kind of found myself as a person, I'm continuing to do it again uh, over and over and over again and setting new goals and, um, you know, business opportunities. There are just so many endless things that I can say that TJ and I have done together. Um, and I'm so excited to kind of share his wisdom with you all today uh, because he truly is someone who on a daily basis can get inside this very stubborn brain of mine um, and, you know, make a turnaround. So I'm very excited to kind of tap into that. He's not only my performance trainer, um, he is someone in my heart. So, without further introduction, um, this is TJD Martino. I'll let him say a little bit about himself. What's up, girls? Welcome. And Sarah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so Kylie made me seem really special, and it's 
cool to be on a Zoom call where I'm special because most of our calls, she's a special one. So, um, yeah, I've been working with Kylie for, yeah, like a million years now. It's She was actually the first, like, athlete that I got to work with when I was doing my internship. So I was kind of getting to, like, experiment my knowledge on Kylie while learning and building a relationship. And it kind of, like, spiraled into, like, all these different areas that her and I had no idea were related to performance. You know, when we first got started, it was you know, running sprints and training with the football guys. And then we started to develop our nutrition and start to tap in some of the, the, the mental skills that were relating to the field. And it's, it's spiraled into something cool now where we're trying to give back to like, you know, you guys who are coming up and want to know about, you know, how do I become more like what Kylie's doing? And, you know, she's someone that wants to show you the behind the scenes. Most people in her position want to just show you the flashy stuff. Like she wants to show you the work ethic and the mentality, you know, the food choices, the decisions, the ups and downs, and, you know, the, the regular human side of this whole process. So that's kind of like, you know, where we're at. And it's, it's been a, you know, a funky journey over the last couple months with the summer and, you know, adversity, uh, is hitting everybody. I mean, she's one that's definitely handling it at a high level. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for making me feel super old. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, no girls, I think, you know, um, as mentioned, I think our journey is something super special and we will kind of get into that as well. Um, but a little bit more about TJ, he played football at Springfield. Um, and he is a, a performance coach and nutritionist at sports and fitness, sports and fitness performance. Again, the gym that I've been going to for the last time. <laughs> um, and he just, it became the founder of his own company. So excited to see where he goes with that. But, um, so we always start with a little segment I like to call, um, mm. off to a good start. Mm. So. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of interviews, a lot of things like that, we, people just hop right into it after a little formal introduction. I want to get, I want to dig deep. Um, I want to know, you know, we always like to put our best foot forward right when we start and that's, you know, what's going to give us a good day. What's going to give us a good training session. What's going to give us, you know, the, the best hour, the next hour together. So, um, three things that I'm going to ask you about, about your day, about your mentality, all these things. So Mm -hmm. first and foremost, What's something that you are thankful for today, TJ? <sighs> I was thinking about this this morning. I'm actually, I'm actually thankful that I did my journaling exercise this morning because I've been listening to you talk to all our athletes about doing it. And every morning I'm, I've been waking up just like miserable about like the same routine. COVID is making me lose my brain. Like the journal is not going to do anything. And I was like, you know what? like just stick to your routine today, like see how it opens up your day. Cause I realized I wasn't giving my biggest effort to a lot of my athletes. And I was like, what is it that's sticking? And I was like, well, I'm not hitting any of my daily routines starting from like literally the first thing that I usually do when I open my eyes. So I'm very thankful that I listened to good TJ on the shoulder. And I just started writing about how I'm hating writing this journaling exercise and boom, like two minutes into it, I was like, oh, this is a good start to the day. So there we go. Off to a good internally start. good, thankful. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Okay. So, I mean, this probably goes hand in hand, but try to think of something different because, you know, you always challenge me with my journaling exercises and going deep, but something mm-hmm. that you're proud to say that you've accomplished today. 
I met with three new performance coaches that are scattered right now because of this whole thing and are extremely interested in like learning the methodology of what I'm doing and how they could work with athletes and nutrition and understand my educational process. And they were like, so pumped. Like one girl was like studying to get a certification and was like, literally quit it today. And was like, I want, I want to like, let's like mission sounds aligned with mine. Like, let's go. So it was really cool to see that like the things that I've been talking about are like powerful and like other people want to join. So I think that was pretty cool. That's incredible. Just up and yeah. dropped everything to go under your wing. I mean, I would do it too. So I'm sure a yeah. lot of girls would after this call as well, after getting mm -hmm. to know. So uh, last but not least, putting our best foot forward here, something that you're really pumped up to go out and chase, whether it's today, tomorrow, in the next couple months in life, something that you're mm -hmm. pumped to chase. So I don't know if you guys, I know Sarah did, you know, I feel like I saw the name Grace on the games. I know you guys played a few of Kylie's leadership games. So I'm working on a big project to get educational games on nutrition, leadership, and movement to every kid in the country. And I know it sounds like a gigantic dream, but my goal over the next coming months and year is to be able to spread that education to everybody across the country of all school districts and it's a big project. I'm super excited to chunk it down into little manageable things and like hammer away at it every day. So I think that's like what I'm most excited about in my morning and, you know, gets me fired up for the rest of the day. Well, I'm excited to see and hear all about that, even though I know all about it already, but um, I'm going to act like I don't. So um, yeah, so I think Awesome. We're off to a good start here. We have gotten to know TJ just a little bit of, you know, who he is now and what he's chasing now and what he's grateful for now. But um, let's go back to the beginning, right? Like what, what's your background? Like we know, I mentioned that you played football at Springfield, you know, but mm -hmm. how did you get to where you're sitting right here today that you can talk about these things? You know, when you were growing up, where did you grow up? Mm -hmm. What role did sports play in your life? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm from Long Island. You know, I played football at Babylon. Um, I think I was always a really curious athlete, meaning like I never was really good. And I was always like wondering how I could figure out a way to get an edge and get better. And I don't know if I was ever like upset that I wasn't good. I was just upset that like I didn't have enough time to like master a craft, right? So sports became this outlet of like curiosity and like almost this stubbornness of like how can I get better at this thing whether it's basketball or you know football something about football and it gave me like a like an outlet you know I almost got like lost in it um so that journey of like always being the worst and like not feeling that I really am the worst or like just you know, when you have something stuck in your tooth and you can't get it, like that was like my whole sporting career. It's like, I don't know what this is teaching me or where it's going, but I think over the journey, like doing like retrospective now is like, it gave me a blueprint to be a leader and do exactly what I'm doing now. Was I the best at the moment? Not necessarily, um, but I definitely was very overlooked for certain qualities that I had. And I never really had a coach to emphasize what I was good at. So I guess I always thought, uh, I needed to work on all these different things. And when, if someone was just like, TJ, these are the top three things you're great at. 
we think you could be a high level athlete if you really double down on these. So I spent my whole career just randomly going down wrong paths, trying to figure out how to go do that thing and that thing when it just had nothing to do with what I was good at. So I think that exploration got me into this field of like, wow, the last 20 years I've done everything wrong. Like, so if Sarah needs to work on this, this, and this, I already know what everything wrong is. So like, let's, let's emphasize what Sarah is great at. So that's kind of what the blueprint of sports, you know, have done for me. Um, and I'm just really competitive too. Where so you, it's something where do you, think you got that competitiveness from. Cause I think that, I mean, I know you and I have had conversations about this multiple times, but, um, and I think everyone on this call is very competitive just in a sense that I, I know these girls personally now. Um, and I know these, yeah. these app subscribers now that, you know, anytime there's a giveaway, anytime there's some sort of something, it's like, I want to be the first one to do it. I want to do it the best. And I want to, yeah. you know, I want to ultimately win whatever it is in life. But like, that's, yeah. that's a thing. Like where, where do you think you learned that? And then I'll go further into the question of one of my favorite questions that was, I believe an exercise in school um, that yeah. you had to write about was, you know, do you think that that competitiveness, that leadership, that competitiveness, it, that drive, is that something you're born with or you think you learn it? Yeah, I think I was having this conversation the other day. I, I think, I think drive is in, it's born, it's in your DNA, right? I, I separate what most people call motivation into drive and motivation. I think of motivation as like, you know, if I watch a video on YouTube of like my favorite athlete in like a pump up video and sick music, like I'm going to be extremely excited to go do whatever I'm supposed to do, whether it's a workout, but the second that workout's done, I lose everything that that video gave me, right? That's why motivational speakers sometimes are great for the moment, but they don't lead to lasting change. Mm-hmm. I think drive is just there. And then the motivation is like fuel where it just ignites it. So I think, I think I didn't know I had drive and I faked a lot of motivation for so long that I ended up like hitting my face on the fact that I actually had drive. So I had all these roadblocks and I got like, you know, the mental, you know, component to being an athlete takes over and, you know, you don't really, when you're supporting staff around you, doesn't really emphasize your leadership qualities. You just believe you're not a leader. So I think, I think genetically I have something in me that does extremely well with leading and organizing people and groups and teams, but being in my position of like always being put down, I had to like, just motivate myself when, if someone was just like TJ, this is what you're great at. I probably would have just been driven like since I was, you know, 11 years old. So I didn't really have a supporting environment and staff. Like, you know, my family doesn't, it's not my mom and dad weren't like big into sports where, you know, I had trainers around me and, you know, my dad drives a Harley Davidson and my, you know, my mom she played softball for a little while, but she's like an artist. So it's like, when you don't have that around you and you're just cultivating it. So I think, I think I had to cultivate it for a while until it was just so much in front of me that I was like, Oh wow. Like it's actually there. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like the only way I can like articulate it. Absolutely. I think it makes sense to me. And I think that you can, you can see that and where you're at now. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and and how that drives you. And we're going to get a little bit into that, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think what can you, what can you say to these girls and to other girls that, that might be struggling with, with finding that motivation, right? It might be struggling with yeah. finding that drive. It might be something similar where it's like that support staff around them is, is not necessarily where their drive is, right? Like where mm-hmm. they're at with their passion. 
um, you know, their parents might not be there or their team might not be there, their coach, whatever it might be, like those outside factors that are pulling them down, that are kind mm -hmm. of like weights tied to their ankles. How, how were you able to kind of push through that? And how were you able to kind of come out on the other side? Yeah. So I, I think, I think you need to act, act first, get motivated later. Right. So think about that for a second. Action. You guys have dogs or cats. Everyone. I got a dog now. I used to have a cat. All right. So action is like a dog. It's literally always there. You come home, you open the door, it jumps on you till like, no, like forever. A cat though. You guys have all seen cats. Some days they're there and they're excited. Some days they bite you and like hiss at you and run away. Some days you can't even find it. That's motivation. If every day I woke up looking for motivation, I'd be running around the house. Right. But if I act every single day, eventually that feeling that I was looking for just comes. So too often when you're younger, we're trying to like wait for the day and, and wait for the time and wait for the thing Kylie tells me that makes me feel good versus find a role model that you trust in, regardless of how smart they are or what they know. If they come up with a plan and you execute it every day, it's better than the one day where you felt amazing and you ran three miles and you took your stick and you worked on every dodge drill Kylie talked about and you ate broccoli every meal like just every day just do something document it put it down add to it right and then all those actions end up just smacking you in the face with like extreme motivation and then that turns into drive so there's that like formula that i follow right so today like i didn't want a journal and i was waiting for the day to get motivated to journal honestly for the last week i was like screw it like just grab my journal i was half asleep it's like five in the morning I just did it and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And I'm just going to keep that momentum going until there's that level of motivation that it's like, okay, this is part of my routine again. Boom. So does that make sense? Like act first. Get So tomorrow morning when you want to do something and you're like, oh, I don't really feel like it. Just go run outside. Five, like don't even think and go do it. Look both ways before you cross the street though. Yeah. Please. Or if you're in your bed, I had sports psychology class and I'll never forget this. The teacher was like, you got to follow the three second rule. When you're in your bed, your alarm clock rings. You have three seconds to get right out of your bed before you start thinking about every negative thing that's going on. Right? So if you, if you just get up and got out and did five push ups, boom, day's done. You just did whatever that you didn't want to do. Or you get up and you drink your water. So I, I think, I think that mentality of making it objective rather than like, you know, this big thing mm -hmm. is yeah. like my approach. I mean, I think that's huge. I think that's th things that tie into a lot of not only like our journaling techniques, but things that we've mm -hmm. talked about over the course of our years together is, um, you know, a lot of, and we were talking about this a little bit on, on our call last week with, we had one of my friends from the PLL. He is also a mental performance coach. His name mm. is uh, Mark Lucini, and he had some good little pieces of wisdom for us, but we were talking about the the idea of a lot of things seeming a lot bigger than they are and like yeah. things, you know kind of like the weights of outside forces and and the world and like our responsibilities and um our goals and our dreams and our aspirations like they sound either super far in the future or unattainable mm -hmm. or um you know they just if you make them subjective like that they just end up being thoughts that end up turning into these negative little things that just fly around in your head the whole day but yeah yeah. I think too many people make like three, five year, like yearly goals. Like I have 
I have like hour goals, mm-hmm. like literally to like hour to day to week. Like if I think anything farther than that, like literally this Monday or yeah, Tuesday, like if I planned what I was going to do this Tuesday and everything changed on Monday when I had a different random phone call. So like mm-hmm. if I spent, imagine I spent all that time like writing out this plan, like this is what I'm going to do. And then like that call happened and just, I just wasted eight hours building this elaborate plan. You got to think about what, where you want to go and then chunk it back down to this today. I'm going to win today and then I'm going to win this week and then I'm going to assess. And I'm going to add next week. If you do that, there's literally you, forever. You'll never, you'll never not get anywhere. And if you have a coach like Kylie who can think long-term like, hey guys, next three months, six months, 12 months from a performance standpoint or a lacrosse standpoint, these are the areas we're going to work on. But don't worry about that. Just do this, Sarah, every single day. Like, boom, every single day. So I think that mentality to me is change is change how I think because I used to be an overthinker and plan for, you know, when I'm 40 years old and like what the hell's the point of that? <laughs> you know, it's like. Oh, I think I mean I think it's so important and I think that you know taking day by day like one nothing's guaranteed right clearly within the situation that we're in right now, um, you know, with a global pandemic going on nobody could have saw that coming, right? Yeah. And I think that you still and I think to go back to you. <laughs> In the very beginning was like that that has started to get to us that's definitely started to get to all of us in some yeah. sense like all right even though now at this point we are very very close to getting back out on the field if we haven't already um you know there's still that uncertainty there's still that fear there's still that fact that we're a spring sport we're lacrosse players we should have been getting contact we should have been playing seven on seven we should have been getting real life game reps for the last mm-hmm. four months five months six months and we haven't, um, and I know there's a lot of anxiety around that, and there's a lot of like, what am I gonna look like when I get back out on the fields when I finally do? Um, yeah. What happens if I don't look the same or I don't feel the same or you know, did I just waste the last couple the last couple months? And there's a lot of a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty, and there really has been for the last couple months. Um, and I think, in a sense of like, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, how do you how do you handle that uncertainty other than you know, you, you want to make it objective, right? You want to write things down, write your goals down. How do you want to attack the day? Um, you know, what in a bigger sense, like how are you able to, for example, a big game's coming up, big tournament, mm-hmm. big re- like recruiting showcase for our lacrosse girls here. How do you, how do you calm that? How do you calm that anxiety? How do you know that the work that you've been putting in, even though it hasn't been tested yet, how do you know mm-hmm. that? it's going to, it's going to show up on game day. Mm. Yeah, it's tough. Cause it, there's like a certain element where, you know, the, the, the greatest performers and, you know, masters, like they, they live for uncertainty. Like they just love it because it's like a weird artistic, like creative experience. So, you know, the, I guess the best way to handle the anxiety is like, like list all the things that in the upcoming game or tournament that you're scared of that you're not going to be able to do and make spend a week you know like let's say the tournament's in two weeks like hammer away all of those things for the next week but then the week after you should embrace all the randomness of what's going to happen in that tournament like you can't control one thing that's going to happen there you know you twist your ankle you're dehydrated 
but you know, because you worked on all those fearful things that that uncertainty is just, it's just noise in your head, right. Or in your heart or emotionally. So I think like you have to, you have to think a little bit ahead, write down the, the most fearful things about that tournament and then just literally just jump into it. Guest, we got the guest. Hey, the abs. Brother. Whoa. Jack. <laughs> I love it. He wants to show it off to the trainer in the group. Yeah. I love it. it. <laughs> Coming on back. Let me see those muscles. I love yeah. it. So funny. Come on, I'm flexing too. Nice. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Crushing it. All right. Well, I love that answer. I mean, I think it's 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 something that obviously every athlete at every level experiences. And this was something that, again, another guest and I were talking about. Um, but it's something that a lot of my peers and I have conversations about because technically at, and I talked to you about this a lot as well, but technically I'm supposed to be at the highest level of our sport, right? Um, and to these girls and to a lot of girls across the world in our sport aspiring to be there, um, it seems perfect, right? It seems like a perfect journey. And it seems as if, um, you know, every time we step on the field, there's no nerves, there's no anxiety, there's nothing, um, which is completely false. You know, I think that a, a message that we like to get across a lot is, is the idea that those nerves, that those fears, those uncertainties, they don't go away once you hit a certain point, right? Um, and this is something that I talk to you about a lot is, is I don't necessarily believe that there's a, a peak at the mountain that I'm climbing for. Right. Like, I think that once I get to that one peak, like there's going to be more mountains, you know, and I think mm -hmm. that it's just a continuous level to keep climbing to the next step of greatness. And, um, you know, I think that kind of ties into what I want to talk to you about next and um, is is really just kind of like you coming from your athletic career as a football player into now your coaching career and now, you know, molding young minds and young athletes into mm -hmm from what you've taken from your career, right? From your yeah. career. And I think, you know, you always hear when on a sense of leadership, you always hear about the star players because I think, yeah. I think on teams and in communities that rally around those teams, you hear about a star player, you think they're all automatically a leader just because, mm -hmm. you know, they're the star, they're the talented one. Oh, everyone else on the team must want to follow in their footsteps, must want to be exactly like them. Mm -hmm. um, but that that's not necessarily the case, right? And I think, that you know you were a massive leader on your team like a very very influential leader on your team like how did you come about that role and what was important about that role to you i remember you talking to me about it your your fifth yeah. year at springfield oh man 10 years of people just lying to me like coaches you, you guys are young but you'll deal with the well, maybe you're dealing with it now because sports world is crazy but like like if there were just coaches that just looked you in the eyes and were like, listen, TJ, you're about five or seven years away from being good. Here's, here's a path. Like these are the coaches that you need to be around. Like I would have been like full force, like awesome. Instead of like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be this and you're going to be that. And like, you know, they, everyone's playing with your emotions. And as a young kid, you're like, you start believing everybody. And all of a sudden, like, who, who are you believing? So I think mine stemmed from like, you know, you know, when I was like in seventh grade, they made me like a lineman. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with football, but like, you know, I, I, I was a little chubby. So they just were like, yeah, this kid's a lineman. 
and just fast forward in college, I played like line outside linebacker where I was like fast and running around and like covering the fast people. So like, that was just like automatically visually, they were like, yeah, you're nothing. Like just, you're going to be the fourth string lineman. And like, I'll never forget. I got like this football card and it was like this, this linebacker. I don't even know why I love linebacker. It was this jacked guy. And it was like this XFL card, this like meathead. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but this guy is cool. He's got a sick name. Like I want to be a linebacker. So like, I kept like telling myself that and my coaches that, and they're like, nah, nah, like I would be scared to go to practices, like seventh grade hit, eighth grade hit all of a sudden in like ninth grade, like, we had this horrible coach. He almost made our entire team like quit the sport. Right. And I've had friends go to, you know, high division one levels to play football. We're all on the same team, like just a horrible person that was just miserable with his career and would just take everything out on practice on us. And if you did something wrong, like made you run. So there was like this whirlwind. I guess that's what started to craft my mentality of like, I don't even know why I love this sport so much, but maybe it's to prove all these guys wrong. Right. And then I started to like build up my career. And then I got to like JV. My coach was like, TJ, you're going to be a linebacker. I'm like, what the heck? Like a linebacker? Like, no way. Like I was this, that, and this. And they were like, no, you're going to be a linebacker. So I had this one quality that like, and maybe it stemmed from me, like looking at that, like meathead on the football card, but I just would hit people really hard, not like punch them. So like when you watch Kylie, she's like flashy and fast and like cuts. Like I was just like, person a is running that way i'm angry enough to like hit them really hard so i wasn't like skilled i was just like run my head through that person and in at babylon high school where they don't teach you any like playbooks it was like run and hit we were really like just tough kids undersized tough kids that could compete with anybody so i started like i started getting a name for like being this like really hard hitter and um, like my junior, I don't know, my junior, my senior year, um, we were playing West Hampton and I hit this kid so hard and in, in like, like he was running right at me. I picked him up and I like drove him three yards back. And the next day I went to school in social studies class, there was this video on the board and I was up for like best hit in New York state. And like my entire <laughs> class was like voting for this thing. That's so, a like, big yeah it was like you know those like crazy hits you see on ESPN where like the football player gets knocked out yeah like, it was one of those hits and like I was up for that so I like started to build this confidence I'm like oh this is sick like like maybe I'm decent at football like people are starting to notice so my senior year comes around and I played both ways because Babylon's tiny I was playing like linemen I was on kickoff I was like on all these special teams so like halfway through the season and I was like the leading tackler on the team like or up there halfway through the season I was like coach listen I'm not an offensive guy like Pat on the bench like he's he's better at offense like let me just play one way like sacrificing for the team to just play defense to like be less tired and just like dominate more so that this guy like I had no business on offense so he was like all right awesome right so the year goes on we go like I don't know on, on the, we might need to like Suffolk County or Long Island Suffolk County championships um and like after the season, um, and, and mind you, midway through the season, I was supposed to be like captain. So all the captains obviously come out. It's like literally six of my best friends who have like the names in the town. Like this guy, this family been here, like all these kids that play all the sports. And so I go into the coach's office and I'm like, coach, I thought I was gonna be captain. And he was like, 
He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're going to be the defensive captain. Like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll tell the team. Like, the hell is the defensive captain? That's that's literally him going, no, you're not. Like, get out of my office. Like, I really don't want to talk to you. Like, just go back in there. So, like, as a young, like, I guess, insecure kid, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm the defensive captain. But really, you're literally the squid that, like, all your friends are these real things and you're this. So I didn't really realize it until after the season when I got, like, I got all division. Mm-hmm. all my friends got all county all state my coach comes up to me and goes I go coach like w- what happened like I was like leading tackler like I sacrificed and they were like don't worry TJ like just just go to the all county dinner like it's fine and like being that insecure kid I'm like let's stick like I'm going to all county dinner then I get there I'm sitting there there's like the best players on Long Island are like in this ceremony and I'm sitting there and I'm just like I start to realize it I'm like I'm literally getting humiliated. Like I'm, I'm, I don't even, not even getting an award. I'm sitting at this table because my coach didn't vote for me because I played one way and I was just the, the, you know, the go over there, TJ player. And I'm sitting there just getting rid, like no one was ridiculing me, but I'm getting ridiculed. Everyone's standing up. I'm sitting there. I'm like, like, I guess right there, there was like a switch where I'm like, that is my drive. Whatever this, I never want to experience this feeling again. Mm-hmm. like being looked down upon this and that so I kind of got like extremely unmotivated and you know we have our end of the year football thing and like at that point I'm like yeah I'm not playing college football like this is this is over so we do this thing where like the entire team circles up and one person goes in or the coach goes in and they say this thing and they don't say your name at first so like you don't know who it is most people can guess it so you start saying this thing they're like yeah, this, you know, this is one of our best players. You know, we think he can have a very successful college. So once they said that, like college career, I was like, I started talking to my buddy. I'm like, and they were like, TJ, like, come on up. And, you know, t-. I'm like, my, my heart sunk into my like hips. I don't even know if you can go that low. So I get in the middle and I'm like, like my speech was to be like, okay, being done with football. And now this guy is like, you know, we're, we think he could be one of the only players on this team to play in college. And I'm like, the heck like my emotional state was like someone like threw it across the football field like 50 times yeah so so I'm like at that point I'm like I I don't know what to feel like believe this guy or not believe this guy right so that goes on I I, you know I start working out really hard I was you know I got down to 150 pounds because I was like chubby and I remember telling my mom when I was like 13 like I need to lose weight like getting made fun of and this and that then my coach goes TJ you need to gain like 60 pounds to play in college I'm like like this whirlwind of like, you know, am I lean? Am I going to play in college? Right. So like all that goes on, I bust my butt, like all off season, like I'm working really hard. I'm talking to these coaches like Cortland Springfield, like these division three teams, not like division one or anything. I'm in contact with this Springfield coach in Massachusetts, you know, months go by and I'm like, I reach out to him. I'm like, Hey, you know, did you get my tape? And they were like, tape, like, we didn't get your tape. I'm like my coach, he said he sent it out. So I go to my coach's office and like, yeah, yeah, we sent it. We sent it. We sent it. My coach didn't send my highlight film, my, like my recruiting tape just didn't send it. So the second most humiliating thing was I drove all the way to Massachusetts to hand my, my, my defensive coordinator, my film to potentially get recruited. Literally. That's like, I, I don't know if you guys have experienced anything as embarrassing. Like your, your coach just was like, we're not sending anything to this guy to potentially have you play in college. So like the guy who just gave me that speech just told me that. So that's where like, I went into this mode of like, 
I'm going to figure this out. I don't trust anybody. I'm doing this all on my own. The years of college, then I get hurt. Then I'm like being lied to about being the starter. Like I had no business going back my fifth year. I went back simply for the fact that if I didn't go back, every single thing they ever said about me was true. Right. I, I got hurt my junior year, senior year. I played, did horrible on the first game and then got benched. So I could have ended my career there, had a start. Awesome. But if I didn't go back to try to prove everybody wrong, then everybody was right. And I don't think I could have lived with that until I got back there. And I realized like, I'm not doing it. Screw them. I'm not doing this for anybody else. This is for me. Like I'm going to prove myself right. So I worked my way up all the way into the starting lineup. The, my college coach was just like my high school coach. Didn't believe in me. I end up starting a few games into the season, end up going undefeated for that entire year became captain towards the end of the year, got like all these awards for leadership. And my coach came up to me at the end of the season and said it was like the best leader he's seen in the last like couple of years. I almost literally like, like if there was someone to catch me, I would have fell passed out and fainted. That moment of like 10 year journey was like validated right at that moment. Like everything I worked for, like that moment, like there was just something like, I felt like I out of body experience. Mm-hmm. And it was like that, that like thing that was in my tooth, I found it. And like, it, it was like, everything was alleviated. And for you guys, like to, to, to be in a better position to not necessarily have to go through all those struggles. You have, you know, access to a Kylie stuff like us. Like I'm working with Sarah for so long. Like you guys are building these things that Kylie and myself have experienced and failed at like on like 10 times faster. So that's what excites me, right? And now I have this next journey of like the same discomfort of being let down in football. I'm not let down right now, but I know that there's a long drive to like build whatever I'm supposed to be building. And that whole journey has set me up to be the leader that I am today, simply for the fact that I know how to navigate and understand situations and strategies and people and and injuries and, and just get into my own zone and then bring support staff around me now that actually care Mm -hmm. so i think like that is the blueprint for like what i'm supposed to be doing now so it was never football it was like you know this is your path you're gonna struggle but it's gonna set you up for the next x amount of years of your life but in the moment you know tearing my ligaments in my ankle twice and like knowing the journey of a whole year of rehab like Mm -hmm. it's miserable and, you know, if I could fast forward for you, you, you guys and be like, listen, whenever you feel discomfort now, like let's fast forward to five years when you guys are like dominating every girl in your age group, then rewind and go back. You guys would feel a lot better. I don't have that magic potion yet. I hope one day I can. Mm-hmm. So Kylie and I try to build like this connected model of like, let's just figure out everything that could block these girls and help them build those skills so that 99% of what affects them is gone. And then they just got to go out there and just do it. Like literally leave it to do it. <clears throat> I think, you know, I've known you for a long time and I learned a couple new things there about you um, through that story. So that's really mm. cool. And I think that, um, you know, thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I do think that some of like the the things that we go through, you just said it perfectly at the end, the things that we go through while we're going through them, they might <coughs> embarrassing humiliating miserable frustrating like there looks like there's no light at the end of the tunnel type situation Mm. we all go through them 
Um, and I think that it's so important to be able to, to listen to the people around you, even if it is, you know, us two old farts sitting here talking about yeah. right, our struggles that, but you guys might not have the same struggle, the same exact journey. You're not going to, everybody has their own journey. Um, and there's going to be struggles along the way, but it's, it's being able to kind of tie in where you know that you're struggling, where you know that you're failing and where you know that the people around you are failing you being able to put all those things into one basket and say, okay, what can I do with this in order to not take a step down, not take a step backwards, but like move forward. Because I know that in a couple of years, like TJ said, I'm going to look back at this and probably laugh at it. Right. It's going to yeah. be a step in my journey that I'm going to look back at. And yeah, I'm struggling a lot right now, but I'm going to look back and I'm going to laugh. Um, and that's ultimately your biggest goal. But um, I think you mentioned it a little bit too. I think something that is so unique to your approach to your job um, and your approach to what you do with your athletes and, and myself personally as well. Um, and something that, you know, I've, I've been around a lot of athletes. I've been around a lot of lacrosse players. I see a bunch of people with different trainers, different coaches, different things. And I've just never seen someone really holistically get into who the person is as an athlete, the way that you do. Um, and I mean, obviously it's so important, right? We are, we're not only, who we are on the lacrosse field. It's not just how we can do a split dodge the best, right? And how we can consistently do that split dodge, or it's not just how our endurance is up and running up and down the field. It's not just, you know, what it is that we're fueling our bodies with, with our food and our nutrition and things like that. Um, there's so many layers to it and you include them all. Um, and that's mm -hmm. something that I had to learn going through it, right? Um, but it's also something that going through it, we both preach a lot now, but I think, can you talk on that set? Cause we've been talking a lot about <clears throat> the mental game of it and the mental mm. side of it, goal setting, things like that. But you know, the other, the other parts of it, right? Like how can you, how, how is it that you can tie in, you know, again, how you're fueling your body, right? Talk a little bit about nutrition. I know that's something that you're super passionate about. Um, and it's also something that is so, so important that for some reason we look over yeah especially in our younger years. Like I'll tell you guys a little bit of a story here before TJ gets going on probably telling you exactly what you need to eat right now because <laughs> just a magician with it. But um, like in high school, I would literally eat buckets of like macaroni and cheese and Sour Patch Kids, <laughs> like soda right before a game, like right after class, right before a game. I knew nothing about how to fuel my body. I just knew I was hungry and I was going to go for what I needed to eat. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to my lacrosse practice. I'm going to run it off and it's going to be fine just because I'm an athlete. Like I can eat like this. Um, and it wasn't, it's obviously not true. It's you're going to get your best version of yourself if you're fueling your body the right way with what you're putting in into your body. Um, but I think I'm going to let the expert talk a little bit about that and how you got so invested into the nutritional side of things with athletes. Yes. I think, <clears throat> I think two things like one, because of my whole journey, I really look at the person before the player. Cause I just have this, I, if you guys don't have a chip on your shoulder, I put one on there for you so that I just am motivated to work with you. Right. So I like, I literally just think like, all right, this coach is talking smack about Sarah. He says she's slow. She can't cut her roll dodge is horrible right she's this she's that like they just looking down on you right <laughs> yeah right so i i think of okay 
based on because I deal with a lot of athletes, right? Where how are you supposed to manage all these personalities, right? Like, you know, same sport, different person. So the way that they are as a person affects their style of play as an athlete, right? If I know the way Kylie is, I need to emphasize her order plus her creativity in her program design, right? So like, no one looks at that. We're looking at like sprints and runs. Like I need, I need to know that the way that she's genetically designed and how she behaves affects her style of play more than anything we do in the gym. So I think of the person first. Then like, I just got like obsessed with like watching them, watching all the athletes play. Like I want to know what the game is. Like I could know nothing about lacrosse. Like Sarah's watched me miss shots on the net millions of times. Like I just started learning how to shoot. But that doesn't mean I can't go watch a game and break down how the movement, how their posture, how their facial expressions, how they're fueling, how the coaching staff is all affecting how a Kylie or, or anyone is playing on the field. So I think like watching the actual game and then working backwards to say, all right, using the game as an assessment. And it ties back into what you said before about how do you, how do you teach these girls how to be more okay with like a, you know, a scary tournament coming up. It's like, you got to use those games as, as an assessment. You guys are so young. Every tournament should literally be like an assessment, but we make it all emotional. It's like, Oh man, you know, this person said, I'm not this. It's like, go out there. You missed 11 times. You had six goals. You had this, you had that. I felt tired. Bring that back to your coach. Your coach puts it on the platter. You guys work that out for the next, you know, X amount of weeks until your next tournament. And then it goes away. Right. So I look at the game and I work backwards and then I figured out that physical performance, nutrition and body composition, mindset and the actual technical and tactical skills were four areas of my life that I never had. So I figured if I just make it my career, I got to figure it out one way or another. So honestly, I became this kind of coach because those areas, going back to my story, were limiting me. Nutrition, like I was all out of whack body composition wise. I'd never been confidence. I lacked the skill of football. My mindset was all out of whack because I couldn't control it. And I had no idea that there were actual skills that you can work on. Right. And then like game intelligence, I had no idea about football. So I figured if I just figure out that these pillars affect an athlete from my personal experience, I'm sure that there's other athletes that are experiencing the same thing. And Oh, wow. If I just learn enough in these areas that I could teach others, and figure out a way for them to practice them so that it's become a skill, right? Rather than just some random advice, something can change and you can literally, literally, is that me or you? Yeah. You can literally mentor somebody through the stages and have a purposeful progression for them. So I think like, I always go back down to like the way that you're fueled affects your facial expressions and your posture, right? If I'm standing on the field and I'm slumped forward, is it mobility? Am I tired? Did my mom just get me upset? Uh, did my boyfriend break up from with me? Did I not eat breakfast? Like all those things have a, an effect. Then you got to just go, all right, which one's the biggest one? Well, if I didn't drink any water and if Sarah only ate 500 calories the first day that we did our nutritional tracking, she's probably not going to run her three mile test very well. Oh, Sarah fueled and oh, wow, I got a random text. My miles went up, right? And she started running them and practicing them. So it's, it's teaching you guys to look at it as more of an experiment with all these different canvases or one of those palettes that we're pulling from. And, you know, you guys, I don't know if you did biology yet, but like biology beats lacrosse skill. 
meaning your body does not care that you're a lacrosse player. It cares if it's fueled, if it's hydrated, if it's recovered, does it move well? Are you in pain? Then you layer in friends and family, and then you layer in your sports skills. So when I look at it like that, it allows me to customize, you know, Kylie's whole journey, you know, you know, we worked on mindset for so long and physical performance and her junior year came around in college. She was like, it was like, Oh man, nutritional is the biggest link. Like forget, we didn't even pick up a stick or a speed drill for like six weeks or six months. It was like a long time. We just hammered away her heart rate conditioning, her body composition and her meal plan. And we figured that we're going to go all in on those things because if she feels good by looking good, she's going to be a beast on the field. And she was okay emotionally and mentally to be like, I trust you. Let's do that. I'm going to buy into that. Like nothing else is working. Let's do it. Then it like, she was flying around the field. And then we realized like, okay, what's the next layer? All right. Back to physical performance, build the engine back up. So it's like this, it's like this puzzle. And I feel like too many coaches just, they don't know enough on those domains. So they just say, ah, she's too slow. Okay. Why? please tell me why she's slow. Wow. She's not running their mile fast enough. It's like, you know how many things affect someone's mile time, right? If, if, if I don't know how to cradle, how am I supposed to pass? Oh, that girl can't pass. All right. If I can't cradle because I'm scared every time my coach looks at me, that affects my game. And then my mom doesn't know how to shop at the grocery store. So she didn't bring me any breakfast like that. You, it's funny, but it's crazy that that literally affects everything. So I try to eliminate and educate as much as possible on those things so that you guys just go out there and just like literally have fun. Mm -hmm. Just having fun. Like, don't worry about those things. Like, let us take care of those things. So I think those elements all connect and there's no straightaway path. Like in school, we get taught chapter one, two, three. It's, you know, Kylie might need chapter 30 tomorrow. You don't go to chapter one. Like she might need that, that part of her path, but I need to be able to see it and, you know, work around it and work with it. <clears throat> um, I mean, awesome. I, th I think it's something that obviously I have invested my life in um, because of you. So I think that that's really exciting. And I don't know what chapter I'm going to need tomorrow. And I'm really excited yeah. to hear about it. Um, <clears throat> because I think, again, life is just as an athlete, as a person, life is consistently changing. And I have learned this post collegiately. Um, but consistently changing. And even if your goals feel like they're the same, um, your big, vague general goals, you're going to continuously just kind of add these new goals and new aspirations and new things that take away some of your attention um, and your time. And I think that it's important to, to have a handle on why you know, or, or just knowing the fact that all of these things kind of level into that pyramid and kind of being able to pinpoint and find, okay, where is the issue? Why am I in a bad mood right now? It's not just because I'm in a bad mood. It's, you know, it's because, okay, I didn't sleep well last night. Like it's not, I'm not playing bad at practice because I'm in a bad mood for no reason. It's because I did not drink any water and I didn't sleep well last night. Mm. But just kind of like knowing yourself in that sense is so, so important. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned um, from working with you for so long. And I think, mm. you know, just to kind of wrap up that point before we end on a couple questions from the crew here, um, you know, I, <laughs> we talk about it all the time, me and you, and we're getting a little open here, but I think one of the biggest things for me is that I am very public, right? And I think the public sees, and you girls see a side of me that's very um, perfect and aspirational, and we want to kind of like be exactly like Kylie. 
um, and you see the side that's very much of a human being, <laughs> much mm-hmm. of a person who struggles through it all. Um, and I, I want to expose that, right? Like, and how, how can I expose that as a daily struggle, a daily question that I ask myself? But I guess just to start it off, can you talk in a sense of like the side of me that you've seen um, through our journey today? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and don't, um, don't embarrass me too much here. I mean, no. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you, I mean, I think you just, you care so much about everything. So sometimes that it's why you're so great at everything because it drives you to do things. So I've seen it just affect your mental state and cloud what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. Like there'll be days where she runs like, like I make stuff up to like just test her and she like dominates it. And like, it just wasn't good enough. And that's literally just her perfect, like, like mentality to get better at things. So I think, I think we've, I've seen that side and I think I've helped cultivate this. Like when that's going there, I try to grab her and pull her back to her real creative side. Cause she's insanely artistic, creative, free flowing person, but like uses that mentality to like, for some reason, stop that creativity. But when you guys watch her on the field, she's not robotic. Like you guys watch college girls where they're like, uh, they're like running around and they're like passing really weird. Like Kylie runs around the sticks. Like, I don't even know where it is. It's like running around. But for some reason off the field, she goes into robotic Rambo mode sometimes where if she just took her on field personality and mentality and was just like, I'll, that one time where we did that, like just be you, you like hung out with your friends was the habit. I literally think it was yeah. called like, call a friend and hang out she was like she dropped like a percent body fat and was like faster <laughs> than ever and then we try to because i'm the same way i use this like mentality to like be structured and organized so much and then it just keeps going that i lose the creative side and then i hate everything and then i start reversing my results mm-hmm. i gotta smack myself and say hold on go back to this side and it's just like fight so i think what i'm really good at is seeing when she's tipping out of the one zone and pulling her back in if she's going too creative, like, hey, you got to stick to your daily routine. Like, do your habits, check in. And when she's got, like, posters, walls of, like, everything she's going to do, it's like, go to the other side. Go out and relax. Go to the beach. Do something like that. So I think for me, I've seen the dark and bright side things. And, and sometimes people think that, you know, being stubborn is a bad trait. Like, we, we one of our, my favorite things I've done with Kylie is we've looked at all these leadership qualities and we've looked at the good side and the bad side of it. And the good and bad side of a bad thing. Like being selfish, guys, is not bad. It's bad if you're just selfish all the time. If I'm too selfless and I just do everything for everybody else, I don't get anywhere. But if I just do everything for myself, no one likes me. So I think what we've done is I've, I've been able to look at all of the deep qualities about who Kylie is and say, this is your DNA. This is your makeup for our path. Like let's hold you and balance and be agile enough to go back and forth between those. Um, and it's just been amazing to see her start to internalize it. And like, she knows, she knows it now. Like it's, that's why she's teaching you guys. it. It's just, it's just there. So. Well, all right. Thank you. That could have been much, much worse. Um, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do think it's important girls. And I know that like, um, it's, it's a lot of what, and I say this all the time, right? Like a lot of Kylie's corner, a lot of these Wednesday w- wisdoms and 
just a lot of the things that I like to put, even some of my Instagram captions, like it seems something so silly, but um, you know, it's, it's something important to me and it's something that I want to share from my perspective and my journey. And I think that um, a lot of times we see things and I see it all the time, right? Like you look at an athlete or you look at an Instagram influencer, or you look at something that just seems so perfect and it just kind of like came to fruition. Um, and that's just not real life, right? Like we mm. have to recognize that like everybody out there is human. Everybody, we did this on a Kylie's Corner um, habit one week. Like everybody's going through something that we know nothing about, right? Um, no matter what it seems like on social media or no matter what it seems like in their professional career, what kind of accolades they have. Um, and I think just kind of being uh, aware of that about the people around you, first and foremost, that helps me be a better person, right? It helps me kind of like reach out extra to the people around me to make sure that they're doing all right or if they need me. And that, in that, in turn, that helps me become a better leader, become a better teammate, become someone that these people can trust. And, um, you know, I think I, I spoke about it a lot as well as like putting your energy towards your circle, towards the people around you. Um, helps you one come out of your shell and it also helps you thrive as a person helps you realize like what you need to be able to do um in order to take the next step but um thank you for sharing that information on me and um thank you for all that you do to pull me back onto the good side um or from the good side onto the bad side whatever whichever way i need um we'll yep. find it tomorrow at my next at my next check-in meeting but um all right we're gonna end on a little fun note here but um, a couple questions that we had from our Instagram poll today. Um, one, I think just quickly, what, like they saw that you were my, my nutritionist. And uh, one of the best questions that I get that I don't necessarily know the right way to answer every single time, but um, what is a good pre and post game meal for a young female lacrosse player? I'm, I'm gonna have a, a very unorthodox answer to the pre. Okay. I'll give a very good answer for the post. Got it. I feel like your, your body is built on routines, right? So Kylie knows this because Kylie's pregame or Taryn, one of you guys with the weird pregame meals, okay? Skittles or something like that, right? When you tell a high-level athlete, someone who's built up a ritual to start then change their pregame meal, your body just has no idea right, Sarah, like the first time we ate breakfast and you were like, I'm so full, like, I don't know what to do. Like, imagine every girl in the country, they have a big tournament this week and they go out and they change their whole routine. They're going to suck on the field. So I think the pregame meal, guys, is do what makes you feel the most comfortable, right? The, the meal before that should be high quality proteins, like pick your favorite protein, you know, pick some. I, I don't go right into quality. I go right into quantity, right? So I just want to make sure you guys have a sufficient size meal. You know, if you guys make a, a fist or it's not a fist, an open hand, like a palm is a size of protein, right? So if I have a burger, I better make sure my burger is the size of my fat hand right now. This is a nice fat burger, right? Is it like right? If I go like this, right, that's a, that's a vegetable, right? If I have, you know, two pieces of bread, that's perfect, right? If I make a sandwich or something like that. So I think it's sticking to what makes you feel comfortable until you actually want to change the habit. And that's something like me and Kylie could work on where we actually build the routines. But I think post-game meal needs to fuel. Like I usually go with like, you know, rice or if you're on an away game, like, you know, a Chipotle bowl is awesome with chicken and steak and 
everything in it, like go to town on a big fueling meal, but also realize you guys just burn so many calories. Like if you have a cookie or if you have a brownie at one of the tailgates, guys, it's, it's okay. But I think the bad thing is like just going home and just like relaxing for like two hours, like fuel up right away. You don't have to run right to the tailgate, but just make something hefty. You can definitely run right to the tailgate. That's what I Yeah, I used to eat like 75 cookies, (laughs) so we're good. When you guys get to college, you know what we're talking about. All the tailgates are awesome. All the parents bring all sorts Mm -hmm. of, like your favorite favorite food, they bring every single time. And then it's all the team's favorite foods in one spot. It's the only reason why I watched Kylie. Yes, that's the only reason he came to my game (laughs) is at the tailgate afterwards. But Mm -hmm. um, I want to end this before I say thank you for being here. But I just want to end this with, do you have a favorite um, either book or sports movie that you can recommend to these girls or documentary? My, my favorite book is probably Legacy. Kylie's one of her favorites. It's fun as well. Uh, it's about like the New Zealand rugby team, but it's just so powerful because it's like very short chapters on leadership. So it's, there's so many takeaways from it and um, I just think it's such an awesome book to like ingrain in you when you guys are young. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just love like documentaries. Like I love Kobe Bryant's documentary. Okay. I love like it. seeing the person rather than watching like, a, this goes back to drive and motivation, like seeing the person's actual journey, like real life journey. So, well, thank you so much, TJ, for all of your wisdom. I mean, not only tonight for the last hour, but literally on a daily basis for the last 10 years and counting. Um, I'm excited to see where our journey is going to go. And girls, I will say, like, I know I gave him a lot of high praise, but I would literally not be sitting in front of you right now if it weren't for the days in the trenches with Mm. right here. So, um, and I'm going to probably run for this tomorrow, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, extra runs. (laughs) but um I think it's so important to find people around you that are gonna be a lot like come in line with your goals um and sometimes that's a that's a hard journey to find those people but um when you do you're gonna know it you're gonna kind of just know right away and uh TJ is definitely that person for me so thank you for all that you do and thank you for (laughs) you know inspiring these young girls even if it's just for their pre or post game meal. I'm sure that they took all sorts of awesome notes. Um, and, you know, thank you for, again, for all that you do and for all the wisdom. And if you wanted to say anything to the girls before you left, please feel free. Sarah might get some sprints in there too. Woo, <laughs> love it. And Grace, we'll send you some too, just to- We need to see your brother flex again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you girls for being here again. And yeah, thanks, um, I hope you guys have an awesome week. I'll see you guys on Fun Friday, hopefully. Um, keep crushing it, all right? And keep keep writing down those goals. Keep journaling, TJ. I love it. Okay, I will. <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for having me. I, I'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.